On this episode, I talk about advice in social media to parents, blogging, the current state, and changing your business's name. You ask questions, and I answer them. This is the Ask Gary V Show. This is Gary Vay Nerdchuck, and this is episode 83 of the Ask Gary V Show. I'm in a fairly grumpy mood because Stefan and I were on a basketball team that lost two runs this morning, including the second game where we were up 10 4 in a game to 15 and we lost. Um, so let's do the show. Thomas asked, Hey Gary, what is the future of blogging in all this rented social media space? You know, Thomas, I think the Interesting thing about blogs, and, and, I, and it's really fascinating for me to watch what's happening, is in 2003, 4, 5, 6, it was very commonplace to use the internet um, in a way where you would be driving someone to your home, right? Like, come here to consume me here. I think what we're seeing a lot now is, I'm over here, if you want me to know what's up, you better learn how to speak to me here and so I think that what's happened is the attention graph that I spend so much time paying attention to uh, is shifting and people's willingness to jump to some place to consume is not down because the truth is I believe social networks specifically Twitter and Facebook and Pinterest um, yeah those and LinkedIn um, are really gateway drug pieces of content to drive to this uh, before mentioned home, a blog, an e-commerce site, uh, your, your download page to your app. So, uh, you know, I think what's changed is people understanding they need a great skill to be a wonderful storyteller within social networks to become a first impression to the, you know, it's like you have to be really good at the bar before you get a chance to do something at home. And I think that's the analogy that I'm looking for, if you know what I mean. John asked, what are your thoughts on creating a successful long-term social media strategy for yourself or your clients? How long in advance do you create the content you roll out? John, this is a good question. I mean, I think this all comes down to uh, something that I call reverse engineering. The truth is, everybody's different. Uh, You know, my my, uh, vision is very long-term. I don't know how you define long-term in your question, but some people think long-term is three to five years. I think long-term is until the day I die. And so uh, my clients may not be as patient when you're a Fortune 500 uh, company that uh, needs to hit numbers each quarter, your patience to build a three to five year plan is non-existent. Uh, when you're a Series C startup company that just raised $200 million and you're only burning $4 million, you've got a lot of patience and the idea of building brand and having a, a patience game to, uh, to your execution becomes more attractive, then we reverse engineer that. Then it's more about branding, Instagram, doing high-end video, long-form content with no right hook, a lot of jabbing. Um, if you're a startup that's gonna go out of business in 24 weeks, uh, if you don't sell some stuff, we're in full right hand hook, you know, Facebook dark post, uh, SEO, SEM, influencer marketing with calls to action to sell. Um, uh, you know, all that stuff completely is determined based on the client's 
current short-term and long-term needs. Um, but the truth is, short-term and long-term needs really balance based on a moment in time. And so, um, you know, the reason I think I'm good at business is for all of my talking, I am 10x at my listening skills. And it all just comes down to listening. Uh, and, and so the way we strategize is predicated on listening. And, and I think the biggest challenge for so many of the Vayner Nation that's, uh, that's watching right now is I don't think a lot of you, and this is with all due respect, this is for everybody. I'm just picking on you because I love you. Tough love. I think a lot of people aren't really sure um, what they want to accomplish in a one-year window versus a five-year window versus a 10-year window and their behavior uh, doesn't map to it. I, you know, to me, I got lucky. I just decided it's, everybody shows up to my funeral, hedge forever, build up equity, cash it in what, as I need it, if I ever need it, um, which has allowed me to be very patient and, and really has allowed me to uh, dictate my behavior of being probably a better human being. And in a weird way, and again, I think a lot of people would find this funny, in a lot of ways I've been a pushover as a, uh, as a uh, entrepreneur because if you would look at it in the short term, I'm leaving money on the table, I'm not fighting for every cent, I'm not trying to drill it down to the biggest advantage, I'm not even getting mine every time because I'm just hedging along the way. And so it just comes down to what you're trying to accomplish. I think the better question to this question uh, is how, how can you help someone or are you capable of really understanding what you're trying to accomplish? Matthew asked, hey Gary, I'm speaking to parents at a public school event on parenting in a social media world. What would you teach them? Every time I get in front of parents, they get really upset with me because my move is to punch them directly in the mouth. Uh, parents are becoming their parents on an everyday basis. Uh, I would tell them that they're fearing technology and they're forcing their kids to spend less time on it, which is not preparing them for the actual world in the future. I would tell them that they talk about how much they hate technology and its impact on kids, but they should look themselves in the mirror because every time they don't want a parent or the kid's crying a little bit more than they like, they throw an iPad at them like it's a Chinese star. Um, I, I would tell them that they're full of shit and hypocrites and should never try to build their self-esteem through their kids' accomplishments. If your little Ricky's the best baseball player in the fourth grade team, that has nothing to do with you, um, except it has your DNA, but like, don't walk around like you're the best player on the fourth grade team. Um, so, you know, I, I, I would tell them that it's never been a better time to be a parent because all the social networking tools allow us to spy on our kids and know what they're doing at a level we've never seen before. I'm, you know, I used to think it was great that I lived in New York, that I wouldn't have to worry about drunk driving. Now no parent does because by the time their kids are of the age, Uber will be at scale. Um, I would tell them to stop playing defense and stop being scared and start playing offense and start being pumped. Move and Bezel asked, we are in a non-existent market, but the sharing economy is growing and we play in there. What would you do to determine or come up with a market size? Moving bezel, you, you know, obviously I've I, I jammed with you a little bit on social. You know, I guess you're asking me this question to try to figure out how to put it into your deck so that you could raise money. You know, the people that are going to give you money are not going to give you money on the potential market size of the watch renting market. They're going to do it because, because you're right, it doesn't exist. They're going to do it because they believe in you as an entrepreneur hustler 
and they're gonna believe in the sharing economy and they're gonna think that watches are an interest graph of end users. But you know, I don't think you have to come up with you know, the amount of financial engineering that goes on in startup culture and the finance world and raising capital is really silly to me. What you could do is you could find out how big the Airbnb market is, then you could figure out how big the renting market is versus the overall watch market, and then you could just do the math and say, oh, okay. There's a lot of hacking you can do. Um, but I think you're asking the wrong question. And I, and I think, India, when you asked it before we did the show, I think, wasn't there also like, how do you market to a market that doesn't exist yet or something? I think that would be interesting. You know, I, I do too. And I think, and I think that, you know, I, I think that I've spent a lot of time thinking about that in general in my career. And I dislike it when people that are started or businesses in it are asking that question because obviously you've started the business with a belief that that market's going to happen. And more importantly, I think there's a confusion to you about what you're actually marketing to, you're thinking, how do I market to people to build awareness that, hey, you can trade and rent and share watches. The truth is, there's just watch enthusiasts. And so, like, they're there. Marketing to, you know, I think people get confused when they're marketing a new version of a historical product versus creating a new product that doesn't exist. You know, Uber didn't have to sell that, like people rented black cars and took taxis. They had to bring some awareness to they existed, but I don't think anybody's confused that's listening or watching right now or if anybody out here is like, oh, watches, you know, India, there's watches, you can, you can rent them and you can put yours on there, like, it's just not super complicated. Yeah, just not complicated. And so, um, uh, you market to people that give a crap about watches. Andrew asked, my investor wants to change the name of my company's brand, Sasquatch Fuel. Should I change the name to something that includes the name of our unique pouch like OmniFuel? Andrew, I think a lot of people that are watching this show are gonna say, he's about to go crazy and be like, screw your investor, stick to your guns. Truth is, I'm a very funny guy when it comes to names. I think execution is everything and I think the name is literally irrelevant. Like, you know, what did Google mean to anybody? before you know, it became something. What did the word Nike mean to anybody before Nike made it happen? Like, my last name is Vaynerchuk. You know, like, they used to teach you in Hollywood before you build a brand. Like, I would have been Gary Smith, you know, in, in 1961 if I went to Hollywood and did this. Like, names don't mean crap. What you make that name mean is the real game. And so, you know, you want to be a pushover? I'm just kidding. You want to uh, you want to change your name? Great. You you want like you don't want to change your name? Great. Like bottom line is, is your product good? Are you going to be able to to market? I mean, you know, what's the other name that he's considering changing it to? He said they have a their pouch is called Omni. So like yeah, I like Sasquatch better than Omni. It's something I remember better than Omni. Like everything's Omni, and so and so yeah, that's it. That's all I got. Question of the day. Are you so competitive that if you lose a meaningful basketball game in the morning, would you allow it to completely alter the happiness in your day? You keep asking questions, I'll keep answering them. You think the Fika monster's gonna come up here and be like, don't give me press? F***ing T-Rock.